Chapter Twelve of the Great Gold Rush: A Tale of the Klondike. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kathy Barrett. The Great Gold Rush: A Tale of the Klondike by W. H. P. Jarvis. Chapter Twelve: A New Partner. Frank Court stood at the door of his kitchen and, with a large smile, eyed the coming of the party. The newcomers were evidently going to build their boat at the foot of La Berge, and already he had favorably sized them up. There were many tents pitched around the cabin where Frank distributed the necessities of human sustenance, but Dude's instincts drew him to the kitchen, and down he and his canine followers flopped before the door. "'Well, well, fine dogs! Nice day, strangers! Going to build boat here?' yes thought so thirty mile is open to the hoodalink and the lewis is getting holes in it early spring sure frank's heart was hospitable but the cost of grub was high moreover the grub he cooked was not his he was debating how far his hospitality could go frank court was a hungarian by birth and a citizen of the united states of america which he proudly announced as opportunity offered he was over six feet tall with long arms stooping shoulders and an angular form his physical strength was enormous there was a wealth of native kindness in his heart his chief diversion was argument in which thanks to his study of the bible and a small besmeared pocket edition of webster's dictionary he was rather effective he could argue with any one or even on necessity address his convictions to the little red-haired female dog that was ever at his heels Frank thought the world of Fanny. "'Say, fellows, it's against orders to feed pilgrims, though I guess you ain't altogether tenderfeet, but if you wants to boil your tea and cook grub on my stove, you're welcome. Come right in and cook up.' "'No, thanks,' said Hugh, "'though I guess I will leave the team here and mooch round and get a good camping place. I guess we'll be here three weeks, and might as well set up our tent in a good place. We're not hungry.' "'That's right, and you can't have a better camping ground than right over against that bunch of spruce.' Frank was interested in these strangers, and his desire for news stimulated his hospitality, so he continued, "'Come right in and feed up, and look for your camping ground after. Days are getting long now.' Hugh hesitated, and then accepted. Frank put on more wood, to which the tin stove quickly responded. "'How's soapy?' he inquired. "'Fine,' replied Hugh. "'Hold-ups galore. The people of Skagway have a murder nearly every morning for breakfast.' "'Say, what a time Soapy would have if they only let him operate around Dawson. Wouldn't he make a killing? But them police! They don't have any more excitement beyond the games and dance halls in Dawson than they do outside. That's no mining camp for a country like this, and the crowd what's inside there now. I don't like to see too much killing, but a hold-up now and again is interesting. Besides, these rich claim-owners can stand it. A fellow was telling me that it was nothing to see the big moose coming into Dawson last summer with ten or twenty thousand dollars tied to his saddle, and him without a guard. Say, we're going to have a squaw dance Friday night in the dining room here. Will you come? One of our fellows has an accordion and will have fine music. Only four bits a dance. I'm going to try and get some hooch. There's nothing like hooch to get the squaws on the move, if the yellow legs don't get on to it. They soak you like the devil if they catch you at it, though. "'Say, how's Uncle Sam getting on licking them there Spaniards? "'He'll do them up in about three weeks. "'I'd like to be outside to go to the Philippines. "'After he gets through with the Spaniards, "'he's going to come in and take Canada.' "'And here Frank stole side glances at Hugh's companions, "'but his instincts of hospitality stayed him from this his favourite joke. "'Say, where did you get those dogs? Fine team! Three I got inside, the others in Skagway. "'I thought you was no Chechico. "'You come from Uncle Sam's country, don't you?' I come from all over. What's this outfit you're with? 
Jack Haskins is building two scows to take down some freight he hauled in over the ice. He has me cooking for him, though I could get $250 in Dawson for the same job. He only pays me $150 per month, but I'll soon be in with the best of them. Say, if you fellows is going to build a boat, I'll ask Jack if you can't use one of his pits. He has two, and I guess you fellows can get the chance to use one of his pits for all the lumber you want, and that will save you building one. I'm glad you fellows have showed up. It will make more company, and I hope you'll come to our dance. You'll see the squaw camp down the river a bit. They're out from Dalton House, came out to Tagish, visiting some Siwashes there, and drifted down here just to take in the sights. Are a bit shy, though some have picked up a little English.' Here is another human study, thought John, as he and his friends moved over to the point suggested for their encampment. They found it satisfactory, so went back for the dogs. Say, if you fellows want anything in the way of dishes, or if you're real short of any grub, maybe I can let you have it on the sly, said Frank to the party as they returned, his hospitality getting ahead of his morals. But Hugh assured him the party was fixed up all right. Frank's generosity was of the aggressive kind, for as John Berwick's party sat in their tent that evening, he stuck his head in at the door, and said they could have the use of one of Haskins' saw-pits on the morrow, and probably right along. "'Don't work too hard, for I want you to be lively on Friday night. Two fellows have just blown in from Dawson, and they say the river is full of holes, so it is just as well you fellows don't have to build a pit. It looks like an early opening, maybe about the first of May.' The river won't open by the first of May, but it will before the tenth, most likely, commented Hugh. Next morning the party visited the yard where the scows were building, and introduced themselves to Mr. Haskins, who again informed them that the saw-pits were at their disposal when he did not require them. "'Ever do any whip-sawing?' asked Haskins. "'Some,' said Hugh. "'It's no picnic.' i never found it so How's timber that looks pretty good up the hill there,' and Hugh pointed to a clump of spruce." yes it's all right but you'll find bigger and clearer stuff higher up and you can mush it down the hill easy i suppose you have your own saw with this the three friends stormed the hill they were to cut the trees and slide them to the bottom after which the dogs would aid in hauling them to the pit the trees hugh selected were the larger ones clean and free from knots by the close of the day sufficient logs were at the pit a saw-pit is a scantling of poles eight feet high, on which the logs are placed to be sawn. The modus operandi is that one man stands below the log, and another on the top. The upper man pulls the saw towards him, the lower man cooperates. The work is simplicity itself, but very hard. The three companions would want from two to three hundred feet of lumber, which meant perspiration and backache. As Hugh expressed it, the upper man is up against about the hardest proposition a white man puts himself at these days. About three o'clock on the first afternoon of whip-sawing, Frank Court appeared with Fanny at his heels. George was the upper man, and even his elastic muscles were aching at the work. Hugh was having a spell off, but keeping an eye on his friends. Ha! How do you fellows like hard work? This will teach you to go hunting after gold. What have you done with your last summer's wages?' say we're going to have a great time at the dance a regular potlatch one of the sticks has just come in saying he's killed a caribou back on the hills and is going to potlatch it now if i can only get some hooch i'd give ten dollars a bottle for some better cut the hooch out said hugh the police may catch you and send you down to dawson and put you sawing wood for queen victoria and it won't be uncle sam's man who will be chasing you with a winchester yes yes a damn pity Uncle Sam would not come over and take Canada. Then we should have a camp at Dawson. 
George was very hot and sore, and this kind of bantering was new to him. He was in that humour which causes a man to go into a fight on little provocation, but John, he noticed, was smiling amicably, so he held his peace. "'If this was Uncle Sam's country, Soapy would have been here taking away your wages before this,' laughed Hugh. "'I wouldn't kick it if you could do the trick. Say, can you dance? This is going to be a swell dance, all right. Wish I had enough lumber to cover the floor so we could dance proper. Poles is mighty hard to dance on. Well, I must be going. I have some beans boiling. Don't you fellows tire yourselves too much sawing lumber so you can't dance tomorrow night.'" End of chapter 12